Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes. I think LA is an incredible place to start a business. The fact there's so many people who are willing to help you. When you tell someone in LA that you're starting something, they say, how can I help? Which is not the case in every place in the country. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Today's We Are LA Tech shout out goes to We Are LA Tech Experience Club member, Marty Chaskin. Marty, I hope I'm not pronouncing your last name wrong after we've known each other for so many years. Marty has been a huge champion and fan of We Are LA Tech. We're so appreciative of you. He is doing amazing things in the cannabis space with sustainability. Be sure to say hello to him on social at Marty and then last that's M-A-R-T-Y last name. C-H-A-S-K-I-N on LinkedIn. Tell them you found them via We Are LA Tech. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. So I discovered someone new online this week. His name is Bram Canstein. It's B-R-A-M-K, B-R-A-M-K on Twitter. He created a course called No Code MVP, and he's really cool. I had the opportunity. He's from Holland, and I had the opportunity to talk to him a couple times this week. Really gained a lot of clarity from talking to him about business strategy. We swapped productivity tools, swapped insights, swapped how to deliver more valuable content online. It was really, really awesome. But he built this course called No Code MVP that is literally a way to create a company without any code, which I thought is so cool. He's done this quite a few times himself, has even had companies acquired that he built with no code. And so, yeah, I think he's somebody worth following, so much so that I turned on my Twitter notifications just to follow him. And honestly, I only have a that with a couple people that um, because I turn notifications off of everything in order to stay focused. So yeah, Bram K. Check him out. Let me know what you think. Shoot me a tweet at Esprit DeVore and let me know what you thought of him. All right. Bye. LA Tech Podcast, spotlighting LA Tech companies and talent. So excited for our next guest, an incredible founder here in LA. Welcome, Jesse. I'm so excited to be here with you. <laughs> Jesse, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. Go ahead to kick things off. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. I'm Jesse, and I run a packaging company, uh, Lumi. Lumi helps um, e-commerce brands source and manage all of their packaging in one place. So that's what I'm up to here in downtown LA. 
And what does that look like, managing packaging? Walk us through it. Like, who's your ideal customer and how do they utilize Lumi? Most of our customers are e-commerce brands. So think of a lot of brands you might know about, like Parachute Home right here in LA, or Glossier in New York, um, a lot of the direct-to-consumer brands and brands where packaging is a huge part of their experience of the product in general and what you as a customer experience. Um, so a customer of ours is actually the brand. We're a B2B company, and we're disrupting this massive industry of how packaging usually operates. Uh, so our customers come to us because they can manage that whole process online from the moment they think, I need packaging to my product, to figuring out what they need, to actually sourcing it from factories all over the world, all in line in one place. So it takes a lot of the steps out. And when did you start Lumi? I actually started Lumi in 2015. It is my second business with my same co-founder. So I feel like I've been entrepreneuring for a while. I actually started in 2009, uh, but this business started in 2015. And what inspired the idea? So I started a company right out of design school. Um, You're looking at the classic venture-backed founder, a design school dropout, (laughs) Um, uh, dropped out of design school to start the first company, which was a product on Kickstarter that we launched. My co-founder and I were the product-based entrepreneurs who were trying to launch something and bring something to market. And we realized ourselves how hard it was to actually package and get all the physical things for our brand that we needed. That's what gave us the idea for Lumi. And give us kind of the the ecosystem of your company. How many people have you raised? Where are you in the development of Lumi? Yeah, we went through Y Combinator. So Y Combinator, the accelerator um, up in Silicon Valley. We, ra- we went through Y Combinator in 2015. We raised a seed round uh, like from venture. Then we ended up raising a Series A, uh, actually 2018. Um, we haven't done another formal round uh, since then. We have shipped, I think we crossed the threshold of we've shipped over 150 million units of packaging, I think, since um since we've we've launched, uh, we ship you know quite a bit of throughput of packaging now through the platform. We're still a pretty tight team. We're sub forty people, kind of right around I think 30, 37, 38, somewhere right around there. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride. And we service brands now. Our large customers use you know millions of dollars worth of packaging. Uh, companies um, you know like the, some other larger e-com brands, and then we still work with some fairly young startups as well. Are you able to share how much you were able to raise in the seed and in the Series A? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, it's like crunch base, uh, crunch baseable. Um, you've got um, in our in our seed. Um, I think the first raise we did was one point six million, which was you know a really healthy size seed round at the time. Uh, seed rounds have kind of crept up in size uh, these days, um, but that was pretty healthy. And then the same investors put in another uh, one point three or something along that lines. Um, uh, as well, um, like kind of the year later. So I would, I think of seed as a phase. So basically, uh, we probably raised around 3 million in our seed phase of the business. Um, And then we did a $9 million series A, and that was in 2018. Are you able to share uh, some of the brands that work with Lumi? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we work with... um, Brands that some folks may have heard of. Um, we work with uh, here in LA. We work with Me Undies, Parachute Home. We work with Glossier. Uh, we work with some fun, like you know, emerging wine brands like Bright Cellars, and um, like wine subscriptions are growing quite well. And in a period of staying at home, um, so a whole slew of like across so many different e-commerce categories. And have you always been from LA, or did you move to LA? I am a Detroit suburbs native, um, and I've been in LA for 12 going on 13 years, so it feels like my home, but I actually grew up in Michigan. And what attracted you to move to LA? 
I was a suburban <laughs> teenager uh, in Michigan, and I thought I wanted to move to a city. And I remember actually thinking as like a 16, 17-year-old, um, like, I'm going to move to either New York or L.A. And I knew one person in L.A., and I knew zero people in New York. So that helped me make my choice. <laughs> <laughs> so it was an extremely calculated uh, career move, obviously. <laughs> and has L.A. been a huge resource in helping Lumi and your previous startup move forward? What what have you accessed in the community that has been supportive of your journey? I think LA is an incredible place to start a business, and I'm really not just blowing smoke here. I think that I can talk about the resources, like uh, actually the startup communities that I was a part of, like things like you know what you do, like the fact there's so many people who are willing to help you start something here. The fact there's so many manufacturers. I was running a physical brand. Now I help people find manufacturers, but LA is a manufacturing hub, one of the largest ports in the world. The port of Long Beach and port of LA there in Long Beach is like an incredible trade route. It's like we are living in a massive economy. And I think those things were super helpful. But the mood, the mood in LA is very helpful. Like people are, when you tell someone in LA that you're starting something, they like, they say, how can I help? Which is not the case um, in every place in the country. Uh, it's easy to take that for granted. Yeah, I hear that a lot on the podcast that LA is a really collaborative city. And, and it's great to hear that. And you live in downtown Los Angeles, which is such a cool, thriving area. It reminds me of um, kind of like the seeds of New York, just kind of like it wants to be its own New York one day. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about downtown. So I've had an interesting experience of downtown. I've actually lived in a bunch of areas kind of in the east, east, easterly from west <laughs> from West LA. Um, I've, I've lived at this place called The Brewery. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's like creative community uh, in East LA called The Brewery that's like almost like an arts commune thing. Um, I've lived, like now I'm living in downtown LA, more like the arts district zone. I actually lived in a, in a actual Airstream trailer behind the Lumi office in Vernon, um, which is directly wow. south of LA for two and a half years. Um, so I've experienced many zones of like the downtown experience. And I think there's something gritty about it that I really enjoy. Um, you mentioned New York, like there's definitely some Brooklyn vibes and stuff in different places where it just feels like, you know, anything is anything is possible. Um, people are converting old buildings. I love, you know, old factory buildings, um, but also the, the affordability. So like this is not offices. You know, there are really beautiful office spaces downtown, but it's not like, you know, walk to the beach, like attract employees just with like your you know, glimmering office by the beach. It's like, it's like, we're here to do some work. Like if you want to come downtown, like, like come meet us here. <laughs> like I, I think there's totally. a bit of a gritty energy to that, that, um, that I, I, I like as it relates to running a startup. What LA tech events or programs have you worked with, or do you think are a really huge benefit in helping your shape your company and your entrepreneurial career? Great question. So I, um, I feel like I, I don't go to any one thing routinely, um, and that's like no 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 specific reason except that I'm kind of like a, a poly polyamorous event goer um, in terms of the way that I approach things. Um, I think that I've really enjoyed going to certain things um, at USC. I've like, I'm, I'm like way aged out of like college things, but I've enjoyed going to things there. Uh, sometimes there's things even just like open to students I've like attended in the past. I have really enjoyed um, 
things also put on by different companies. So something that I have the pleasure of, of like being, um, having access to at Lumi, like we work with so many different e-com brands. So a lot of times they're hosting like speaker series, like ritual, um, like host a beautiful speaker series in the mornings, um, at their office. And like, that's such an amazing like addition to, to LA. So I like to find these like little pockets of things like that and kind of go and check it out. And I don't go to things every time, but I love to see what people are putting on. And those more like salon style, like speaker events are usually the things that draw me in. What are some ways you think we could improve as a community for LA Tech? I mean, with all the different areas from Silver Lake and downtown to the beach and Orange County and just Ventura, what can we do to unify us together in a better, more effective way? What are some of your suggestions? That's a that is a topic because you deal with the like normal geography craziness of like getting across town. I think that I think that you know my simple answer is when people host things worth attending, people go right. Like um, people will drive. I've driven you know, from downtown to Malibu to like attend something, you know, that's like, you know, two hours if you're leaving at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that people taking initiative to get like meaningful groups together for smaller speaker series or even dinners, um, those are the things I've truly benefited a lot from as an individual. But it basically takes like almost key stakeholder individuals to like grab people from all around town. And so I don't have a better method than that. But I do feel like that um, continuing to have people who make that sort of effort uh, to not just connect to people who are literally their neighbors, but to, you know, to say like, I'm hosting a dinner party downtown or an event downtown and everyone should come because it's going to be really good um, and getting people to actually make the drive. I think it's possible. It just takes a bit of effort. And what have you found about our investment landscape here? I've heard from so many founders that they think our LA tech investment community sucks. <laughs> um <laughs> Are you on that ship too? Or do you think, what do you think, how could we improve if you think there is improvement that needs to be made? Um, I think that my personal experience of it is that there, like, there are some really great investors here. We only have one LA investor um, invested in Lumi, um, but I have I have pitched to others. I think that my personal experience was not that the LA investors were not good or not intelligent or didn't even have the capital to to deploy like they do, uh, but they moved slower. Um, so I went up and pitched, uh, you know, in SF, and I even pitched in New York, and um, and had folks move quite a bit faster. And the reality is that. That when you're running a business, like if, if you've got a term sheet on the table, you're, you're going to take it. You're not going to wait to see if that other person like gets their gets their stuff together next month or something. So I think that if any LA investors are listening, I think that the the palpable speed difference between um, the Valley and the LA ecosystem is felt. Like that they're just like people willing to throw down a term sheet quickly and stuff. But I do think there is more capital here, and, and it's changing really rapidly. An example would be um, there's a fu- there's a growth stage fund um, called 3L that wasn't here a few years ago um, that has a really successful office here now. There wasn't very much growth stage investing um, in LA before before some of those players. So it is changing really fast. So I think no stereotype deserves the right to stick for too long. But there are some practical realities to why LA companies don't have a ton of LA investors. Why do you think that as a community of investors, we're slower? Um, I've heard it so much. Why do you think we're, is it because we're just doing that whole California beach chill? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, I think I do know some LA investors as well, like more, more personally, just as like friends, not as investors in Lumi. And I think that up in the Bay Area, 
there's such a fever pitch to the deal cycles um, that the people get very competitive with each other. So there's a dynamic of the VCs competing with each other that actually drives the speed. Like they're when when they throw down a fast term sheet, it's more because they're worried about someone else they know down the street throwing mm. down a fast term sheet than the fact that they want to get into the deal that fast. They would all love more time. Like even in the valley, like they would love more time, but they're competing with each other. So down here, there's less competition with each other, which I think drives the feeling of like I've got some time. Unfortunately, that's just wrong because they're competing with people elsewhere too. And I'm not saying they don't know that. These are very smart people, but there's just a dynamic that's achieved. I mean, this is, I don't know, you know, if anyone has pitched like up in the actual valley, like in uh, like Menlo Park and stuff like that, like a lot of the VCs are in buildings together. They will watch you leave their office and walk like to another building and they know who you're going to pitch next. Like it like, so the fever pitch of the, the, um, of the aggressiveness is like, holy crap, like they're walking over there. You know, like, like, I just think that is lost in LA. Like they are not watching you walk into someone else's office here. Right. So I think there's something to that. I love the insights of that answer. Another question that I want to ask is, is there an LA tech talent or company you've come across lately who's really impressed you? I know you were talking about Ritual and you could name a few if you want. Is there a person or a company based in LA that's really impressed you? Um, well, I will mention one company and I did make a tiny disclaimer that I gave them a tiny, I worked with them uh, on a tiny, tiny investment of my own. So, uh, disclaimer on that, but I, there's this company in LA, um, that is new, uh, called Toucan and they're doing a Chrome extension that you can install. And, um, and you like, if you're trying to learn a language, like you're trying to learn Spanish, um, it will actually naturally change. Like if you searched on Google, like for dogs, it will change all the words on the page to Spanish. So you're like learning in real time. Oh, I want that. Yes. It's so fun because, because I think that it recognizes that the way that we all live our lives, like if I'm sitting on the computer for 12 or 14 hours a day, if the words on my, on my actual browser are changing to the other language, I'm going to learn that language really fast because of the amount of sheer amount of time I'm spending. So I just think that's a really cool way of leveraging technology for like education. Um, so how do you spell that? It's toucan like the bird, like T-O-U-C-A-N. Cool. Yeah. And we'll include it in the show notes as well. Yeah. So I think that, I think it's a really, it's a really cool team. Um, So they're here in LA, but I think there's, there's always, there's always a lot, um, a lot going on. Um, But, but yeah, sometimes something like that kind of catches my eye where like, I love, I love a good educational element to, to, to something too. And you may, you may say that you haven't experienced any, but I'm curious, has there been any cool experience you've had um, that sourced from LA Tech in a virtual sense lately with everything we have going on? Has there been any virtual event, virtual speaker series, virtual uh, activity from an LA Tech company that is really, um, that you're like, oh, this was great? That's a good question. Um no, I haven't. No, but I think I blame more of, I blame myself um, for this because like, I've been invited to some things that I haven't gone to due to time that I feel like were probably great. <laughs> um, and I've kind of been like uh, holed up, like working um, too, too of much. Of course. On Lumi. But were they speaker series or what were they? They were more like people getting together for... Um, I haven't seen as many speaker series. I'm sure people are doing that, but I've seen people hosting kind of like 
um, almost like debriefs, like sessions of like, let's get together with six founders and like talk about how this is going, like how this is going for you. Um, the thing I can speak to is that I hosted one. So I went to the one I hosted, which is like, <laughs> makes me sound lame. Um, but uh, I, I hosted one that was like a social, uh, we called it a Lumi social. And we hosted e-com founders to talk about how things were going. And the, and the lens was like, we'd love to help in any way we can. It turned into like a therapy session. Like, and I, and I mean that in a positive way. It was not bad, but it was yeah, like, I get it. But people are going through a lot and like some businesses are massively affected and people were sharing and like no one was like literally crying, but it was like straight up like intense. Like it, it was not like a casual like thing. Um, right. And so I really enjoyed that because of how real everyone was, but it's, it was a bit crazy. So being that you're in the packaging business for physical goods yeah. and with what's going on in our world right now. I imagine Lumi's been really affected by that because your the brands that you work with have been really affected by that. What yeah. how has your company needed to shift, pivot, change? How have you kept up company more all the things? Tell us what you can tell us about that. It's been a crazy period of time to when you if you had told me in January or even February, um, that I would be running the team remotely, um, doing Zoom calls for like super serious meetings about like reforecasting the entire year. I would have not believed you. It would, be, it would seem un, un, unimaginable. I think that for us, the the good news is that the macro trend here is that people are buying more things online now than ever before, like quite literally. Um, and so, so our brands are experiencing radically different things. I think that the hard part for me as a leader is the triage because we'll have one brand customer, like a customer of ours, who is like doing 3x the amount of business because they ship something that everyone wants in a pandemic, like really great vitamins or uh, something like that. And then we'll have another brand uh, that maybe ships a high-end fashion good and no one wants it right now. Um, and so they are experiencing a 70% decline in business. So I think from hour to hour, from out, you know, normally I say business is like uh, running a startup is crazy for like from day to day. I think this has transitioned it from hour to hour and sometimes minute to minute. Like one thing, one piece of news is amazing. Another piece of news is like devastating. And then you've got employees and team members who are going through wild things like people with kids at home, um, people with family members who are getting sick or getting sick themselves. And you just have to, again, stay somehow, like keep it kind of light to the extent humanly possible. Um, but it's it's really a challenge because, you know, it's like the whole the whole world is going through it at once. It's not just a team member or a certain geography or a crisis in a certain city. It's everyone, everyone you know. And what makes Lumi the best solution mm -hmm. to handle packaging at any point, especially during a pandemic? Yeah, I think that for brands seeking packaging, um, one of the hardest things is to know during a crazy pandemic, like, will this factory I'm selecting be there for me, right? So like if you are like ordering uh, 100,000 boxes, it's a huge financial commitment and factories are having radical shifts in uptime. Like employees at their factories are walking off the job because they're not comfortable or like, you know, certain countries are having restrictions. So it's a crazy time. So Lumi is a networked um, factory approach. Like on the platform, you can buy from one factory and you can easily buy from another factory too. So we have like all your bases covered. We have over 1,200 factories that just make boxes just in the U.S. on the platform like to select from. So, so I think as opposed to placing your bet on like choosing a factory down the street and hoping that they stay open, which is a huge financial commitment, when you sign on with Lumi, 
we have you covered no matter what. Like, so we are, we have a live uptime tracker. And if a factory goes down, we, we move all the orders over to a uh, completely, um, you know, a factory that has the complete same capabilities so that you don't experience any disruption. And I just can't state how that's not the normal way the industry operates, but also so critical in a time when cities are closing, changing rules, uh, workers are not coming to work and all sorts of other crazy things. Thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary people in the LA Tech community. Remember to go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. It takes you straight to the Facebook group. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, hear you guys, all the things in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Jesse Janae, CEO and co-founder of Lumi. Lumi helps modern brands find and source all of their custom packaging. We're located in downtown LA and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Goodwin. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Sarah Tran. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.